Yeah, yeah. We, we are the epitome of black female love. It's yeah. easy for us as, as black women to, to hold up the banner and the call for everyone else. But again, Who's, who holds up the banner and the calls for us? What role does the church play in all of this stuff? Is that we as a black church are perpetuating the mm -hmm. same behavior as a patriarchal evangelicals have been That's doing. right. And guess church. what? But it's the sisters in the congregation. But it's the, a lot of times it is the black women who uh, bring us down more or push or try to silence our voices more in the black church. Hey, my sisters. Hello, hello, and hello. Hello, and hello, and hello. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> It is so good to see you all. It's good uh, to be back. Um, our viewing audience, come on, come on, come on. Let us know that you are here. Um, we've missed you these last couple of weeks, but we're also glad uh, to have had a break and the time to be able to come back. Hello, Sharon Mitchell from Michigan and Hannah Hooks from our Giddings, Texas. Where is Giddings, Texas? Hey, Reverend Hooks, how you doing? Over by San Antonio, Austin area. Oh, wow. Okay. Don't think I've seen that area yet. All right, Dr. Shazetta Thompson-Hill. Hello, hello, and hello. So before we jump into our show on today, kind of let's just check, check did you see, in. Did you see the note? Burns, did you see the note? No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's start with you, um, Dr. Wallace. Um, where are you? you? You are not on the East Coast, are you? No, I am not. And you can probably tell in the slur in my voice, I am exhausted. <laughs> uh, I am in San Jose, Texas. Oh, San Jose, California. Lord, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm talking about Giddings, Texas. I, uh, San Jose, California. Uh, it's beautiful out here, but I am really ready to go home. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Well, but it's I'm, been, it's been you... I've, I got okay. this friends and family and it's been awesome awesome time really awesome okay. time. wonderful um dr Talis bradford how about you it is well in the big d i'm, <laughs> glad, I'm glad to be in dallas i am <laughs> at my own house in my own bed how about that oh wow wow wonderful um um our co-host um dr um um sarita is uh, traveling. She just um, boarded a plane. And so we do ask that you all uh, keep her um, in your prayers. Her travel got interrupted. She thought she some things got changed around. And so y'all keep her in, in your prayers and, and all, all that on that plane with her and all airplanes while, while she's up and traveling. Uh, Giddings is 50 miles west of Austin. All right. Learn me something today, Hooks. Learn me something. <laughs> so thank you, Marjorie um, Scott, McKinney, Texas, Doris Thorne. Hello, hello. So good to um, have you here. Um, you all here with us. Like, tag, and share. Like, tag, and share. We're going to have a little fun in our coming back, which is also the other part that are really, you know, it's kind of like what we call the, um, the Betty Downer of, um, 
of, of um, with um, Wright not being with us on today, but it is, it is, um, um, it is, it's good. I'm glad to be back. Um, most of you all know, those of you who don't been on this campaign trail and Saturday was the conclusion, you know, and so I was in Phoenix on one day and then on the East Coast on the same day. And so guess what I, you, um, one day I was, I woke up and I thought it was, it was a totally another day. I got through half the day and realized that, um, I had skipped a whole day. And so it's been really awesome on my end of just being able to travel both for missions work and in regard to, to the denomination that I'm in. And so we're just 18 days now away from the opening of our general conference in Cincinnati, Ohio. So do ask, you know, you all keep my denomination lifted up, keep me lifted up as I've offered myself um, before my people. Um, and so um, we're just, there's just a whole lot going on in all of our lives, right? Yeah. Just a whole lot. Is it and, is. So, <laughs> and so we thank our viewers um, for, ah, let's see, I see um, Alexandria, Louisiana. All right. Thank you um, for letting us know that you're here. Yvonne Williams, hello, Rosa Simpson. Yes, we thank God for you being one of our lawyer viewers. I'm Bridget Miller. Um, from Cedar Hill. All right. All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you, um, Reverend Simpson. Keep the prayers coming for me. And so um, you all, this is, we want to, we're going to spend the first half of our show talking about love and marriage, love and marriage. When we took our two week break, it was because one of our um, couples that were here that they were celebrating 50 years of marriage. All right. And that's Dr. Wallace. We have Dr. Wright, who was so excited about being a part, and then the, the, the airlines messed it up. She's been married for 49 years, 49 years, and Dr. Bradford um, celebrated uh, 27 years. So we have two who just celebrated their anniversaries, one of 50 and one of 29, and you all know we're timely wisdom, right? And so I get to interview my co-host today for the first half of the show. All right, send the hearts, send the hearts, send the hearts, send the hearts, send the heart buttons, all right? I get to interview them, all right, as we talk about love and marriage. So ladies, the first question I have to ask you before we get into the marriage question, right? What do you say to ladies, both young and old, who desire to get married? Let's start there. Well, if you do it the way I did it, you get married young and poor, and you both grow old. <laughs> you grow together. <laughs> uh, so since neither one of us had anything when we got married, we we were uh, high school sweethearts, and uh, we just we've still been together, and it's it's been a good ride. It's been a good ride. Wow, that's that's good, Wallace. I would I would say the same thing, but um, expectations. We put so many expectations on someone else, but we fail to put them on ourselves. As we um, we were young when we got married as well, but we began to look in the mirror. Okay, what is it that I want in me? And then what, what is it that I want in you? So we began to talk to each other like that. Okay, so well, I'm tired. So what are you gonna do when I'm tired? And you know, ask questions like dumb questions like that. But dating has to be singular and not plural. So what do I mean by that? 
I go into it. Well, when my husband and I started dating, we just started dating. Just, Hey, how you doing? Just friends. We didn't expect to be married. We didn't expect to just be one. We just had fun. Let's go in and have a good time. Let's, let's strengthen, strengthen ourselves. We just had fun. We didn't take ourselves too seriously initially. No. Bradford, I have to agree with you that you really do have to look at the person in the mirror. Uh, Michael Jackson has a song that say, looking at the man in the mirror. And that the only person that you can change is the one that's looking back at you. That's so, right. So um, that, that for me, uh, I like you, I had to look at myself and recognize that, you know, some days I had it together and some days I did not. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's okay. So, so you know what, Wallace, when I, when I think about um, um, Burns dating, um, <laughs> we didn't do a whole lot of dating. And when we first, when we first met, well, we used to work, work together, right? Um, I was in HR. My husband was in the, um, on, in the yard, if I guess they would call it at that time. And we didn't like each other. And I'm being, I can be fully transparent here. And I thought he, he thought I was bougie. And I thought he was uh, stuck up. I guess you would. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Let the truth, let the, let the, let the church say amen. Hey, I join you with bougie though, bro. <laughs> so that's what we're doing, bro. I join you. I join you. It's that's okay. what we're doing, bro. It's, it's, all, it's all right. It's all right. And, um, what? <laughs> you know what? I'm. <laughs> and to, to talk, I, we were, I don't know, we were standing, yes, we were standing um getting ready to leave for the day and he said you want to go somewhere and i was like sure and shut up chris shale <laughs> um we um we were standing together and he said well you want to go go somewhere and i said well sure and i think we just went to get some ice cream or something and and the rest is history. We were inseparable at that time. And I thought, you know, opposites attract. <laughs> Absolutely, McDaniel. Opposites attract. And I, I am grateful that I didn't say no that day. Um, mm-hmm. I, said, I said yes. And we were able to, to move forward. I thought, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess, okay. Yes. And I, and I even say that now today, <laughs> Reverend Simpson. Yeah, probably. But I, I didn't, I wasn't checking him Absolutely. out. Uh, uh, well, you know what? I have to own that. I, I can own that. Cause I made sure I had the hot pants on. I was <laughs> size eight, had big, pretty legs and I was showing them off. Okay. <laughs> I, I ain't, ain't no shame in my game, uh, but but I was looking at him too. So yes, there was some secret checking folk out. Absolutely. I was so, I mean, so, 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 okay, so 
So let me ask you, let me ask you all this. And those of you all who are just joining us, the first ever of our show, we're talking about love and marriage. Dr. Brenda Perry Wallace has um, just celebrated 50 years of marriage. And Dr. Bradford just celebrated 27 years. Dr. Wright, who could not be with us on today, um, was very excited, has, has been married for 49 years. So we're talking about love and marriage, right? And so the first question that they were asking, I get to interview my co-host today. And so the first question I asked them was, you know, what would you say, right, uh, to to young, um, to, to, to ladies, not going to say young, to ladies who desire, right, to be married. Do ask that you all, just like we do with our regular guests, any questions you have for them, put them in the chat, put them in the chat. So, so let me ask you this. You've been married for 50 years. You've been married for 27 years. Do you still love your husbands and why? Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. 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 We. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be there. Hey, Wallace, I would still love. Wallace, yeah. say it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, the why is because he is he is still himself. Mm -hmm. We've grown together, um, and his patience, his calmness, his grounding. Mm. It, it is just wonderful because I'm so free. And when we, when we met, I've always been a traveler. I've always uh, traveled with my jobs. I've always gone. And he, he, that's not who he is. A baby go on. I'll send you, I'll send some money with you. Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> well, maybe I'm, I am a little bougie, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> He he always whenever it's time for us to go, together, we'll go together. But he's my grounding soulless. I I I again, Bradford. I have I have to join you. Um, I, I think I love my husband more because of his own security. Yeah, he is secure within himself. Um, and I've been I've tried climbing the corporate ladder. I traveled with telephone company like you and uh, never uh, had a moment of repercussions because of that. Didn't It was our money. It wasn't just my money. It was our money and his was mine too. Um, so mine. Mine. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, he, so grounded, like like you're yeah. saying, is is they know who they are, and our success does not shatter who they are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. wow. So, so okay. So let me let me ask you all this, and see see. I know y'all used to be in the calls. I I I asked the questions. All right. Okay. Today. <clears throat> all right. Now. <laughs> Okay, but listen, so this um, individual asked, were you in ministry before marriage? And because I kind of know the answer to this question, um, um, I'm going to add to this question, then what was it like in that process of of your answering your call uh, to ministry um, um, being married? Oh, thank you, Dr. Burns. And thank you for the question uh, from our viewing audience. Jackson, Reverend Jackson. No, I was not uh, in ministry before I got married. Um, I, I was in the streets um, before I got married. We were both heathens. However, 
um, my husband saw me struggling with my call uh, mm -hmm. to ministry. He saw that. And when I actually verbalized to him, honey, I really think the Lord is calling me to ministry. And the, what he said to me has been with me forever. And that is, honey, ain't but one answer. If God is calling, ain't but one answer. So mm -hmm. I think that has been a grounding uh, for us that he recognized that, that when God, God is the ultimate caller, uh, not me. Uh, so when he recognized that and I, I answered my call, I could, I could answer my call in peace. Mm. Um, I didn't have, I, and, and really, and honestly, I really was hoping he would say, God <laughs> don't call women. That's what I was hoping he would say. But he threw me a loop when he said, hey, I want to answer when God calls. And I'm like, shoot. That was what I said. That's how uh, I knew that he really was. Uh, that was the second time I knew he was the, the man for me. Wow. Wow. Because okay. Because our, our, our marriage started out, we were raising my siblings. So he wow. was willing, he was willing to work and and forego his college education until my baby sister went off to college. So wow, wow, wow. What about you, Brad? So I'm going to put it in two parts, right? When I was called in ministry, I was already teaching Bible study. I was already um, directing the choir, singing in the choir, already traveling with my pastor, uh, my father in ministry. I was doing a lot of that. And I was not thinking about preaching, being a preacher, it's like, okay, I'm good where I am. Mm -hmm. And I began to have this, what do you, I was, I cried a lot. I was I'm emotional. I, I didn't understand what is this I'm feeling. I talked to everybody else except for my husband. Wow. I'm mm. being transparent. And my husband was waiting for me. Tara was waiting. And then when I began to talk to him about it, I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to move. He said, well, if the Lord called you, the Lord called you. And, and I said, well, what am I going to do? He said, well, let's do it together. We're going to work this out. So I hadn't told my pastor, my father in ministry yet. And so at that point I told my, my pastor and he said at that time, no, God don't call you. Which was a Baptist preacher. You so you came up in a that time. Okay. okay. At that time mm -hmm. I was a Baptist preacher. And I thought, okay. So two years go by and Terry and I were still moving, we're still flowing. And you know, long story short, uh, my my father in ministry said, I know God has called her. Okay, blah, blah, blah. My husband said, I told you. All right. we had to do was wait. All right, right, that's preaching. Now here comes pastoring. I'm in I'm AME at this moment. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm ordained. I'm re-obligated in the AME church. I was already ordained in the Baptist church, re-obligated in the AME church. And here I go. Um, then I'm um, ordained as an IT elder. Friday, I'm ordained. Saturday, I am <laughs> um, appointed to a church to pastor. And Sunday, I mounted the pulpit. 
whirlwind. And then my I called my husband. I tell my husband, babe, um, <clears throat> he was at work. I'm appointed to pastor a church in Kaufman. He said, what? They, don't they talk to me first? Mm. So the response was different than it was when mm. I was preaching. Mm. But it wasn't different. But he, but he said, I'll meet you there. Let's go. Wow. 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 I said, no, they don't, they don't, they don't talk to everybody. They just tell the pastor, the preacher where they're going. He said, well, let's go. When we got there, we circled the church in prayer. When we got in the church, he said, well, let's take a circle. All of us get in the circle and we're going to pray that the Lord moves in this church. Wow. Wow. We're still there. The answer was different. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Now I'm to my co-host have to say, you know, that because we do have a guest, and we have a lot of questions that are still coming your way and um, and our time is running short, but we got to get these questions in. All right. Okay. And so this question comes, what have you learned to appreciate about your spouse that you did not know when you were first married? <laughs> mm. um, I, I can say his patience. <laughs> Ooh, no. Ooh, that is so true. Yeah. And wait, patience with me. Yes, that that is my that is my point right there. Patience, because because I am free, because I have a lot going on, and always have had a lot going on. He just sits there and just waits. He said, "You ready? All right, let's go." And I didn't know that I needed that in my life, mm. but that's what I needed was some patience. <laughs> I needed patience with me and all of the things that I have going on in my life. Yeah. My, my my husband was is a jock. Uh mm -hmm. still is, watches uh he can watch golf, and I don't know who in the world can watch mm -hmm. golf on TV. Um, but he watches golf, he watches uh tennis, and sometimes he's watching tennis, basketball, and baseball mm -hmm. all at the same time. Yeah. But I think uh similar to you, uh Bradford his his patience but all, also his he was a steadiness for me yes i was all I'm, I'm i can be all over the place Girl, uh, I and i want to i want to enjoy everything if any of you know anything about the seven on the enneagram i'm a seven and i want fun 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 uh, my husband <laughs> on the other hand is a nine who is the peacemaker Sit so down. um that that uh, if, if you know anything about the Enneagram, which I absolutely love, mm -hmm. uh, uh, psychological and spiritual psychology, mm -hmm. I, I just love it. Uh, it is that opposite attracts mm -hmm. that um, I, I got a book. And sometimes in our marriage, I've had to read a book to be in the same room as he's watching these <laughs> <laughs> and and they would laugh at my my family laughs at me that I would take a book to a basketball game with my grandson. <laughs> well, you I don't watch it the I don't read it the whole time, but there's halftime, there's quarter time, there's you know there's timeouts. You know I can get a a, a couple of paragraphs in in between time. So uh, we 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 we're very different in that. So yes. The steadiness that you talked talked about, yes, Lord, because um, I had so many offers. Okay, I can go to San Antonio. Okay, I can go to Michigan. Oh, my husband said, no, we can do all that right here. And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, thank God for that. But my husband and I both play basketball. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. 
So here's this next question. Um, it says, please advise um, regarding keeping the fire burning after years of marriage. How do you not let the physical aspect of your marriage fall to the wayside in light of children, careers, and life in general? You want to go Can first? I just do it? Yeah. The, the, yes. the other part for me, though, and just... I, I, you said it so fast, Brad, but I'm not certain they heard it. Okay. All right. So say it again. <laughs> you got jokes. I, I, I just believe just do it because if if you go too long without, then it will, the fire that is, I know y'all think about other stuff, but the fire, um, romance and um, just walking in the park, just walking around the corner um, in the yard together. What do you think about um, watering the, the lawn? All of that is romance. And we all have different langu um, languages. Okay, how, how? what do I need to do here? I don't know anything about this. Help me do this, honey. That's a love language because something that he knows and you don't know about and you ask him about it, man, it, it brings something, a fire within him. It's like, ooh, okay, I, I like that. Let's do this. And, and it, it's, it doesn't always have to be physical, but there always has to be a touch emotional touch, if that makes sense. I, I think also uh, what was helpful for us is that I did travel mm -hmm. because uh, a week can make the, the, the uh, heart grow fonder. Yeah. And I was, I, was, uh, I was always happy to see him when I got home and he was mm. happy to see me. That's so right. I think, I think uh, both of us having something we enjoy yeah uh he like i said he's a jock he enjoyed that i'm i'm a nerd um and so i would i was just going school 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 and if he probably i would be in school now uh if these student loans weren't still out there um uh, but it, it's he, he has something he enjoyed i have something i enjoy i love being with my girlfriends he likes being with them deacons uh, in the church so you know we, we 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 had times when we did things together but we also had times when we did things did things that we enjoyed apart yeah well mm -hmm. i think that's a, that's important we cannot lose ourselves in the marriage mm -hmm. I got. I ha, I would be suffocated if I tried to be somebody else. I I can't do it. I have to be who I am, who God has called me to be, and I have to let you be who you are, hmm. and keep hmm. on moving. So let me so let me ask you this question, and and going back to kind of the first question I asked you all, and and viewing audience, if got any other questions you want to squeeze in, um, squeeze them in there before we bring um our, our guest up um for today. It says um, but what are some old school cliches around dating and marriage that should be thrown out the window with the bathwater? Oh, girl, it, it got to be 50-50. Boo. No. No, no. Mm -mm. It's 150-150. No. no, and sometimes it's 20. Sometimes it's 80. Sometimes it's zero. And the other one is 100. There has to be balance. Um, and now we, we always talk about balance or even priorities, if you will. Um, when we when we talk about 50-50, like, ah, uh, No. You know, we don't understand what that really means. We always have to put forth everything. And it, 
some days we may not have may may not have a hundred percent to put in or even fifty percent to put in. Just do something. And, and you know what else, Bradford and and Burns? I think um, there's this cliche that don't let the sun go down on your anger or, or be mad or whatever it says. Uh, but there are some days that it takes me two or three days to get over my, my anger. That was true. So I, I can't say that um, Tell the just truth. because when it happens, I'm just going to be okay The you know in the next moment. No. And I thank God that my husband gives me the space to be at mad longer than a night. You know, it, it, you got you got to have some time to process your anger and then look at how you participated in it what, and what, or why are you angry. You got because it takes me some time to see how, how it might have been my fault. You know? <laughs> said as well but how do we there there has to be a good way to argue right and that's our communication right when we communicate you know we may still argue but hold on Let, let's look at the issues here and let's do it right because i ain't got time to be doing all that and this and uh-uh, I, I don't have time for all that what, what you got because when we were younger we would argue Go to bed, argue, and come back and argue again. But honey, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> we don't have time for that now. Let's yeah. see what the issue is and let's move from from it because life is too short to be dealing with that. Okay. I see one of the one of our viewers has said, "I could be wrong?" Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a question mark. <laughs> my last words for for um advice or cliche or advice for young and old um, who are wanting to be married whether it's your first second or third time be who you are and not try to change them because when we when you try to change them it's not gonna work out for you <laughs> but when we look in the mirror my goodness, we begin to change who we are, not to fit their needs, but to fit God's glory. Yes. And that's for real. Honey, go ahead, Wallace. Okay. All right. This last question, this last question, and, and then Wallace uh, will introduce our guest. What romantic movie best describes your marriage? Oh, wow. I can tell you the one that Terry likes, and, and we have to watch it a thousand times. A thousand. I'm like, dang, can we watch something else? Remember uh, this recording. He, he, somebody can. Just, just. Oh, that's all right. I hope they show him. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Because we, we're good. It's um, Titanic. Mm. Um, it, I don't know if it describes our marriage, but that's our that's his favorite movie. And because Terry is a romantic, um, 
he likes that that movie because it not the ending of course <laughs> but how they became together and how they came together and loved on each other despite the odds the despite their differences they still came together to love each other and strengthen mm. each other Wow. Okay. The Titanic for the Bradford household. What about for the Wallace household? Which movie? I'm still, I'm still thinking because my husband is not that kind of romantic. He loves the romance in those cowboy movies. Girl, that's serious. <laughs> it's not a regular, uh, so, um, you know, when they run off and they running together, you know mm -hmm. that that that's that he he loves them cowboy movies, so it's not one uh, yeah. one particular movie that would would yeah. describe us. Uh, we 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 like we like a lot of stuff. It's just different. Grace, <laughs> let me say this. Since I didn't answer the question properly, I want to say this: If I had to choose a movie that really describes us from beginning to now. Um, Prior to our getting married, I would say Love Jones. Ah. Because ah. of the journey we had prior to being married. It was rocky. Mm. Um, but because of our differences, but our differences is what made us a better mate. Mm. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh, I agree wow. with you there. It, it, oh, because wow. we like different stuff. I he likes cowboys and I like mysteries. You know, huh. I like um, fiction oh, cool. and period pieces. He he likes shoot 'em ups and cops and robbers. Yeah, he <laughs> catch Terry on. Um, if if he's watching TV, he's watching a western. Wow! Wow! Right? Well, I, I'm only I'm trying to watch westerns all day though. <laughs> no, yeah. well, right. all so so, okay. so be sports is not on. So viewing audience, you know how we do this with our other guests. We say, if you've enjoyed our guest, um, the first half of this, put it in the chat. They can see it in the chat. Hit the heart buttons, hit the heart buttons. If we need a part two, put it in the chat. But I want to thank my co-host on uh, today for taking just a portion of this time on today and um, talking about love and marriage, love and marriage. So let them know, let them know, let them know how much you appreciate this. Dr. Wallace, now if we can shift gears for a moment, will yeah. you introduce our guest for us on today? I am elated, thrilled, and so happy to bring Dr. Maisha Handy to the program. She's a native of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, she has been an administrator of professor, a pastor, an activist uh, in the struggle for liberation. She began her journey of higher education at Lincoln uh, University in Missouri. She got her bachelor's in criminal and criminal, criminal justice and criminology. She relocated to Atlanta and received her master's of divinity and the doctor of philosophy from Emory uh, University in Atlanta, Georgia. She spent 22 years uh, employed at the ITC. Um, she's a womanist and a liberationist that uh, par excellence. Um, and I tell you, she has been an AKA since 1987, hallelujah. Um, she has also is now uh, uh, 
taking the executive directorship of Jacqueline Grant Center for Black Women's Justice at the ITC upon the retirement of Dr. Jacqueline Grant. My sister has written several books and articles, and I'm not going to go through all of it, but she is a pastor, y'all. And all of that, she is a pastor of RISE, an Afrocentric worshiping uh, community of the Presbyterian USA Church. She's called Pastor K, Umi K, uh, and we love her dearly. Um, I I love her work with young folks. She brought... um, Oh, what's the guy's name? And she'll tell you. Um, she she brought the guy from. Um, oh God, mm, I just slipped my mind. He just passed away and received uh, doctor of ministry uh, posthumously at uh, at the ITC. Is it Iron? It's I can't think of it. She'll tell us. She'll tell us. But thank you guys. Welcome, 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 welcome. Oh, hey, she pretty, y'all. Hey, she pretty. She's a musician too, y'all. Oh my God, y'all better. Come on in the room. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Hello there. Hello. Hello. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, we always have the first question we have for all of our guests. I'm glad that you're here, um, Dr. Handy, but how how are you doing in these COVID streets? Whew. Uh, Hmm. Leaning on God in the community like everybody else (laughs) and making it the best way that we can um, in, I guess, what's now uh, an endemic. And instead of a pandemic, uh, it's been challenging. It's been tough. It's been difficult. Um, the isolation, the grief, uh, trying to uh, work and, and pastor and do everything that you're trying to do in the midst of it. Um, I was the provost at ITC when the pandemic hit and we had to migrate the entire institution to an online learning platform and um, engage faculty around online teaching and learning processes, and it was more than a notion. Um, And then of course I had uh, seven deaths in my immediate family on last year, um, including my father last August, um, who ultimately uh, succumbed to long hauler COVID. uh, So um, it has been uh, challenging, um, learned a lot. Um, but still here. Y'all know a lot of pastors quit and a lot of churches closed. So I'm just grateful uh, to still be here. But thank you for asking as we continue to navigate this together. We know we talked, to, we we had initially talked about womanist preaching, but talk to us about some <laughs> of the you do uh, to connect with the, with the young people in the community. And what was the name of what was the guy's name who got the uh, doctorate uh, post harmlessly? Michael K. Williams. And what was the show? Michael Kenneth Williams. Um, he's had uh, quite a few. Um, he was originally uh, made famous um, on The Wire. That's right. The Wire. Omar from The Wire. Um, and when he was here in Atlanta, 
and became a part of our church at Rise, he was filming Lovecraft Country, oh. for which he was nominated for an Emmy. Awesome. Remarkable brother, um, a genuine spirit. Um, and he would bring young people from the studio set with him to church. Mm. Uh, and, you know, just different friends. He brought Journey Smollett um, to church with him because they were on set together filming Lovecraft Country. And he had a passion um, for outreach. He really, really did. Michael wasn't just uh, some film actor. He was out there in the streets talking to people, walking with people. Um, he had a show also on the Vice Channel, um, a couple of series um, where he uh, was talking to folks who were living on, if you will, the underside of life um, and really lifting their voices and helping us to understand the systemic realities that create the situations that people are trying to Um, and while he was here, um, we did some ministry to our houseless sisters and brothers downtown in Atlanta. So, um, Ashe, as we say to Michael Kenneth, Ashe, Ashe, call us spirit. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, I've always had a passion for youth ministry and young people. Um, that's probably where I started out. You know, uh, sometimes when you're in the church and you're young in ministry, you know, they automatically make you the youth minister, <laughs> right? Um, because you can relate. So I always had these intersections between youth ministry, Christian education, and music. Um, and so I kind of started out getting my feet wet, if you will, there. Um, and while I was at Candler School of Theology, and um, quite a few years later, um, after receiving the PhD, Community Church, which was founded um, by myself um, along with um, seven other um, persons who were artists of various kinds, um, who were engaged in worship arts. Um, Reverend Yanni Davis, known as the Peace Prayers and the hip hop pastor, graduate of Spelman College was there. Um, pianist and organist were there um, to help form uh, this community. Um, RISE is spelled R-I-Z-E intentionally um, because of the documentary that came out in 2005 called RISE, um, which was a film about um, young people in South Central Los Angeles who developed their own style of dance, um, dance forms. They were um, disenfranchised, if you will, um, young people growing up in poverty who couldn't afford, you know, ballet lessons right down the street on Hollywood Boulevard. And so they created, um, I argue, and you see it in the film, um, out of African retentions that were in them and out of the spirituality that was already in them, um, these dance forms. And so I thought that that was a powerful um, way of um, looking at where the church needed to be headed in relation to young people. Um, seeing that you know a lot of young people um, may not have grown up in the church, um, but there's a spirituality, right, that they are tapped into, and um, hip hop hip hop culture helped that come in. Yeah. <laughs> Repeat that last part. You 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 froze up on us. Hip hop did what? I said hip hop is 46 years old. <laughs> it's they old. Good and grown. <laughs> <laughs> You, yeah. you just said 46 years old. 
Yes, yes, yes. At least I think I'm right on the number 46 or 47. Mm. Yeah. In terms of, you know, you know, when it's designated by scholars that um, um, it developed in Bronx, New York here um, in the in the U.S. So, um, you know, millennials are getting to be old people now. Generation Z, like, y'all, get off of TikTok with us. <laughs> Listen, um, there is a misnomer that hip hop does not have a theology. And I remember um, at the ITC talking with professors about the theology of Tupac Shakur. And so uh, I think you've tapped into something that there is a theology of hip hop. Can you share more about that with us? Um, yes, yes. Um, I love Tupac. Uh, we call his name from time to time at Rise as a part of our libation. Um, he came out of um, a very powerful family, um, as many of us know. Um, and so I do think um, that there is a theology it's, it's often not the theology that the normative church wants to hear, all right? Um, hip hop in its inception had a prophetic critique um, of the church. Y'all just tell me when I freeze up, I'm sorry. Okay, Dr. Dr. Henry, if you could, you, we heard um, hip hop in and of itself had a prophetic, we didn't hear what came behind that. Oh Lord, y'all forgive me, I live in the woods. Um, prophetic voice, prophetic voice. And Tupac was representative of that um, in many respects. Um, one of my favorite interviews with Tupac is him critiquing um, what he saw as these mega churches in New York where he was living. You know, um, Tupac said, what does God need a gold ceiling to talk to me for? You know, we got churches out here that are big as city blocks and it's, it's folks out here living on the street and, you know, this makes young people not want to come to church and not believe in God. Right. Um, you know, which, you know, certain theological perspectives, he said, are trying to scare young people into church talking about hell. And they like it's hell out here. Like, you know, what's hell going to do to me that I haven't already experienced? You know, Tupac said I got shot five times. <laughs> right. Um, and so I think that there's a prophetic critique that um, the normative church, if you will, doesn't always want to hear, um, but that hip hop has to share. And then, of course, you also um, have um, the kind of holy hip hop movement, right? Um, I teach this in my class that, you know, gospel rap um, and gospel hip hop in its formation um, wasn't very popular because it was whack, <laughs> as we say. It wasn't um, the best musically or lyrically, um, but you have uh, some great um, hip hop artists now um, who are coming out of um, Christianity, but also out of Islam and other um, faith traditions um, who have um, powerful voices and I think a prophetic voice. Wow. 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 That this hip hop and, and theology is, it, it seems like there's an, there's an intersection, but there's also a separation. Um, can you help us as, as ministers of the gospel and many of our viewers are pastors. Help, help, help us understand how to appreciate hip hop because they laugh at me because I have to have the words on the, you know, the captions on because I can't catch them words. They laugh at me. So, 
um, help us to uh, how do we how do we incorporate some of that into our into our churches? Um, I think the first thing that helps is to understand that there is no separation. If you can embrace that as an under as a philosophical understanding, right? Then um, you know you you've done a lot in that regard. You have to make room. You have to make space. Um, you know, those of us who are over 50, sometimes we got to get out of the way mm. and, 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 and trust the process. Um, at Rise, we call worship the flow. Right? We, we are following the flow of Holy Spirit. We are following the flow of what God is doing in the midst of us. And, you know, we might not always agree about what that is, but we have to make room and we have to make space for what that is. Because if we're honest, right? Looking at past generations where we had this hard split between what was sacred and what was secular, right? We go on to church on Sundays and we're praising God and then we get in the car and we're listening to Earth, Wind and Fire, you know, and it's cheaper to keep her and, you know, whoever else, right? Right? And we enjoy, like, come on now. Let's get right. false dichotomy. Right. And um, it's our stuff. I'm talking about black folks now, right? Mm -hmm. The blues is ours. Jazz is ours and gospel is influenced by those genres, right? Uh, Thomas Dorsey, you know, all those folks started out in other genres of music, um, were originally ostracized by the church, like we did with the Clark sisters, like we did with Kirk Franklin and on and on. And, on. and now Kirk Franklin is passe in that regard, right? And so it's, it's, it's trusting <laughs> the young people and making room for the young people to express um, what's inside of them and express their relationship with the creator, with the divine, with the holy um, in the ways in which they want to and need to show up. And we're seeing more of it now, um, you know, in terms of different, you know, hip hop dance ministries in the church, um, the music, the dance, it, you really see it in worship arts. Um, but I also think that it's making room for their leadership. I was always um, a believer of having youth represented on the committees and the councils of the church. So that we're conversant and not just talking at them, um, but knowing that they have innate leadership um, abilities in them now. And if we have them walk in apprenticeship with us, then we all grow together. We learn from them, they learn from us. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's the liturgical uh, ways in which we express ourselves. Um, you know, a lot of folks say, you know, oh, young people have gotten away from the hymns of the church and they don't like, you know, anthems and spirituals. Um, at Rise, we had so many young people who didn't grow up in the church that when shout out to Dr. Daniel uh, Omotosho Black, who's um, our choir director, professor of English and African-American studies at Clark Atlanta University. Um, he was teaching them songs by James Cleveland and Walter Hawkins and all that. And they loved it. They absolutely loved it because they didn't grow up on it, <laughs> right? So it wasn't old to them. And then some who did grow up in the church, um, it was an important uh, connection for them, right? And so, you know, I think we need to get away from, you know, or shy, shying away from um, those, those um, traditions because they're important, even as we make room for um, new and evolving expressions in worship, right? Um, you know, uh, you all remember when praise team started at the church. I know I do. And, and folks were sitting in there with their arms crossed up. <laughs> you know, this ain't the deacon devotion. <laughs> right? 
Um, but you know, are we trying to make room for um, the generations that are coming um, alongside us and after us? Oh, that this is awesome, Dr. Handy. Um, I, I I know this was not one of the questions, but I want to I want you to talk about the intersection between hip hop and womanist worship, because it seems okay. like there is. Um, if we believe that womanism is about in, inclusive of the whole community, hip hop would have to be a part of that. Um, mm -hmm. So wh where is that intersection between womanist worship and hip hop? You came to us because your name was spoken uh, about womanist. Uh, our sessions just 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 loved on you. Um, about your womanist uh, worship uh, setting in Atlanta. But talk to us about that hip hop and womanist uh, worship. Um, I keep getting on this two things, both and uh, <laughs> a way of expressing things. Uh -huh. um, and so here I go again. Uh, on the one hand, um, I think womanism uh, can speak to hip hop in very important ways. Um, I teach a course called Hip Hop Origins, Religion and Education. And um, in going back and looking at the origins of hip hop, um, there were a lot of women um, who were very important um, in hip hop's formation who never got their names called, never got any credit, right? Um, you know, we talk about Nas, but we don't know that there would not be a Nas if there were uh, a Roxanne Shantae, right? <laughs> um, and so, you know, um, you know, we know some of the names, MC Light, Queen Latifah, um, you know, who I loved and grew up on. But there were so many other women in hip hop who never um, got their breakthrough, if you will, because they were women. Um, and so I think that womanism can speak to hip hop um, to help it to um, become more inclusive. And there are some phenomenal um, hip hop scholars who are women who are writing, who are telling those stories um, and who are, you know, expressing um, woman is black feminist um, hip hop, right? Um, that said, um, I think that if you look at the intersections of womanism and hip hop, um, for me, the first word that popped into my head was embodiment. Mm -hmm. And the importance of celebrating, embracing, um, and, and um, making room for black women's bodies, mm -hmm. right? In the divine. <laughs> oh, watch out now. Yes, in the divine. Right. It's why we have all of the resistance to the inclusive God language in our churches, because we are still struggling to see the feminine as divine. Right. Or, you know, um, and don't let me start talking about genders. Plural, mm. Right. Because we say God is spirit. Right. But God, you know, we use this exclusively male God language. And so that's, of course. And you know, I'm just using that as in a small example of, of what a womanist critique brings to worship. But beyond that, um, it's the embodiment It's showing up body, mind and spirit. We love the mind sometimes. And, you know, we definitely have the spirit. But can we bring our bodies to worship? Hmm. And can we see women's bodies as sacred and as holy and as not something to be covered up? and ashamed of, right? Um, can worship be healing for Black women's bodies? Mm -hmm. You know, can we, you know, in our movement, 
you know, in our in our in our kinesthetic um, intelligence in worship. Um, not to say that just women bring that, because that's another critique. Um, I think the church, in very problematic ways, has shut down men's bodies in worship. Mm. You know, and, and have associated certain types of embodiment and demonstrative worship um, um, with uh, homophobic <laughs> mm. um, denigrations of black of, of male bodies, right? Um, but it's the embodied hip hop is embodied, right? And it's not just um, you know, hip hop has originally four elements, some say five, we might be up to about eight elements, right? But it is about this art, these creatives showing up. Um, I had a master's degree student um, this past semester who just graduated from the ITC who wrote her master's thesis about black women creatives um, who are creating alternative spaces for doing ministry um, outside of the church. Um, so they're, they're creating social media um, ministries and platforms because the church will not make space for the very real talk that they're trying to have, right? Um, about their bodies, about sex and sexuality. Something that we um, historically and historically have not talked about enough in the church, right? Um, by the way, I enjoyed the conversation uh, that you all had before. <laughs> I'm not married, but I enjoyed the conversation. And I know my mama's on here listening. Um, Right. And she and my dad knew each other for 61 years. So I know she enjoyed every bit of that. But just to see black women laughing and talking and talking about relationships and yeah. you know, just being real in that kind of way. Uh, why can't we bring that into the worship space? Ooh. Why can't we preach in alternative kinds of ways? Right. Um, you know, have discussions. Uh, shout out to Dr. Irie Sessions uh, yeah. at the gathering, you know. Where, from what I understand, she preaches, and then they have conversations about the sermon mm -hmm. after. Um, just making room um, to make real connections. I don't know if I'm answering the question fully or not, um, but it's important um, to not get caught up in uh, um, homiletical prisons. Mm. Ooh. Um, get out of the homiletical box. Wow. Yep. Did you say homiletical prisons? Oh, yes. Wow. Yes. yes, that it has to be done this way in this amount of time. Yeah. This is, part, this is how you finish, right? You got to go by the cross. <laughs> you know, um, and young folks are saying, we're, you know, we over it. Oh. You know, oh, speak Dr. Dr. Handy, Dr. Handy, you have been so awesome. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Oh Lord, oh Lord, I have loved that. We're gonna have to have you back, y'all. Put some stars in there and, and say, come back, come back, Dr. Handy. We just got a little bit of what of, of what you your research, your uh teaching, your uh your who you are as a human being, bringing something different to the church in the way of rise, in the way of hip hop and theology in the way i can't wait to see what happens uh when dr grant's um center moves to the next level oh my god it's in good hands i'm just thank you so grateful and i i I'm just, I just know i just feel it in my bone that it's about to take off and i appreciate you thank you oh. thank you thank you so wrong <laughs> Even though I'm friends with all of Divine Nine, my mom. That's mama, right, baby. We, oh, love, we got Deltas and Zetas, you know. They, they, 
But yeah, see, you know, hold on, hold on. All the time. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you said that. I am so glad you said that because you are in a room. I, I was going to let it slide, but oh, since yeah. I the hand and brought it up, I was going to let it slide. If you look behind you, you are in a room of a Delta, and it just blesses my soul. <laughs> There's a running joke amongst my friends. Most yeah. of whom are deltas. I mean, my two undergraduate my mentor all the way through all of my best girlfriends right now. They're all deltas. And Dr. Lisa Allen McLaurin is one number one. Is like, you know, you we about to make you honorary delta. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I don't know if you guys can see this delta fan. Oh, back no, that's here. what I was talking about, love. That's uh, what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the home of a Delta, one of my favorite and best friends. Come on, Doc. <laughs> All right, but I see that we have reached our time on today. I love all of us. Greek and not Greek. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's uh, all good. Dr. Virginia says, please tell your mommy hello. Oh, <laughs> Will. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Hey, Dr. Hendy, thank you so much for being with us. Just hang around for us just a second backstage, if you will, for just a moment. But again, viewers, you know how we do this. I see some of you have already put in there um, that there needs to be a part two. But Dr. Hendy, hit the heart buttons, hit the heart buttons. Um, Dr. Hendy is able to see um, your comments. Thank you so for squeezing us into your very busy schedule. Just hang around for us backstage. Thank if you, you. Thank you all so much. Her best friend will be uh, here next week, right? Yes, that's right. That's okay. <laughs> <Bless> a <our> heart. <laughs> and so with that, if you would share with the audience, who is our who will be our guest on next week? Well, we'll get that part two of uh, Womanist Liturgy from uh, Reverend Dr. Lisa Alan McLaurin uh, is our. It will be our guest, uh, another uh, dynamic professor from the ITC. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. She she and I and Dr. Dr. Burns have a bunch of laughs together. So it's gonna be it's gonna be on <laughs> on and popular. I look wow. forward to it. Thank you, viewing audience, for hanging in there with us, coming back with us after our two-week break. We love you, and God, we bless God for you, and the Lord says the same. We'll see you on next week. Same time, same place. Yes. Bye. Mm -hmm.